You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hi everyone, welcome back to Technipod. Today we'll be talking about upgrading your life budget style. Lately, I've been having carpal tunnel in my left wrist. So today, we're going to talk about ways to really enhance your workspace at home, avoid getting carpal tunnel, improve your ergonomics. And we're going to start off with tables. Guys, how can we make the table more ergonomic in a budget-friendly way? I just recently brought a table from IKEA. It was like 70, 80 ringgit. And it's quite comfortable for my use case. But when it comes to like uh, tables and chairs, it mostly comes to your personal preference, at least um, in my opinion. But I think like there's a couple like tips of um, what is the much more optimal positions between the chair and the table. Yeah, so as a six foot plus gentleman living here in Malaysia where everything is kind of Asian sized, <laughs> I highly recommend if you're going to pick out a table and a chair, go to the physical location and have a good look and feel of the thing because you're going to be stuck with this once you make a purchase for quite a long time. So you want this to be as comfortable as possible. Now, with that said, IKEA may be your best friend in this situation. I am using an IKEA mom that which I've got multiple years ago and it's been the most comfortable thing so far. However, I do understand the need for people to have a little bit more real estate when it comes to getting a table. So over there, you know, you kind of have to balance it out between the size of the table that you want and the amount of things that you're going to have on the table itself. If we take into context Aiden, for example, he is a Twitch streamer and for the most part, he doesn't just have one laptop on his desk and that's it. He has multiple different accessories, a microphone, a mouse, a keyboard... And another laptop. And another laptop. <laughs> and all of that is kind of going to factor into the size of the desk that you actually need. People take tables for granted way too much, like in this time. Yeah, I personally have been working off of a coffee table and sitting on the Ooh. floor. So I, I guess it's just a matter of time that my wrist would start hating me. And um, one of the maybe emergency steps you can take, put a box on your table and then you can make your table into a standing table. That's like a really budget option when it comes to like rising. That's not even budget, that's ghetto at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, in university, I didn't have a bedside table and I did use two big boxes stacked on each other right beside my bed. So it you know worked. that box that your laptop came in? Yeah, put your laptop back on top of that box and then that becomes a standing desk for you. Okay, hold on. Cardboards. Like, are you talking about like the cardboard box that you guys brought with the laptop itself or like just random like cardboard? I was using random one. Like the kind <laughs> oh, that you get from Shopee deliveries. They did not even look good. <laughs> So yeah, okay, to tie into the whole table element that we're talking about, right? Pick a comfortable table, but at the end of the day, you're going to be sitting at that table. And what do you sit in? Cardboard. A chair, a chair. <laughs> you sit in a chair. I don't think a cardboard could hold up your weight. You think cardboard's are comfortable? <laughs> okay, so when it comes to like chairs, like I'm currently using a kitchen chair. Right? Same dining room chair. Yeah, dining I hate room it. chair. What are like the very most comfortable like chair you guys would think of when it comes to like sitting in the chair? So I think a lot of people instantly think about the chairs that you see from Secret Lab. Now, to mm -hmm. the uninitiated, Secret Lab is a rather high-end brand of seating chairs that we will be talking about in a future episode. So here's a bit of foreshadowing for you. But let me just tell you that that's not the entire situation. So chairs primarily come in two different seating options. 
which is going to be the ergonomic shape that everybody is used to. Those are the kind that you see from Secret Lab, from other brands like, such as Herman Miller. And you have your standard office chair that you see all over the place. Hold yeah. on, there, there's like grandpa lazy chair as well. I mean, yeah, there is a grandpa lazy chair if you really want it. But, you know, I kind of think when you're on a Skype call with work people, you kind of want to not be seen in your grandfather's chair. <laughs> so, you know, you can get cheap office chairs off of Shopee, Lazada, etc. for something around the range of like 50 ringgit. I, for myself, I'm using the cheapest IKEA chair that they have right now. I think it's like 150 ringgit. And it's done, it's done me wonders. It's been fine for the longest period of time. However, if I was to choose to upgrade, for example, right? If I was in your situation where I'm currently using a dining chair, even though some people who game on a plastic chair, you know, like the kind where you sit in your I've mama shop. I've actually been tempted to get a garden plastic chair because those oh, are just Lord. more comfortable than a stupid dining chair. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, back onto your point. Don't get a garden chair. So uh, this is supposed to be consumer-friendly advice. Uh, <laughs> we also do have the idea of just looking out there, finding a chair that is locally available for you, whether it be on Shopee, Lazada, or even a local seller that you have available right now, which is my highest recommendation. If you can interact with the product before purchasing it, that is always the best piece of advice I can give anybody out there. So what are some local brands that people can look for because I personally don't know any. So as a ex-Monashian, I'm very happy to share that my brother Sean Lim wow. is now currently the CEO and head of a company known as Alterseat here in Malaysia. And um, Alterseat aims to bring really good budget chairs to the mass market because everybody's working from home. Nobody wants a bad back at the end of the day. Everybody just wants to be comfortable while they do their thing. Wait, how do you spell Alterseat? A-L-T-E-R-S-E-A-T. Okay, okay. Sponsors. I've been so desperate for like some kind of comfort. I've actually looked at kneeling chairs. Ooh, yeah, now that's an interesting rabbit hole to fall down. Okay, so recently I've noticed that I've really been hunching over my desk. Terrible posture. And apparently kneeling chairs, your hip is kind of pivoted a little bit such that it makes you actively sit up. I've looked at a few on Shopee. However, they are all also rocking chairs. So I don't know if I'll be rocking back and forth trying to type on my lap. And that's the only reason why I haven't given in to the impulse of buying them. I'm surprised. Until now, we've recorded quite a decent amount and neither of you have brought up the good old plastic stool. I mean... The I mean, plastic stool... It won't reach your table unless <laughs> you're going to work on a coffee table like me. Don't Guys, it... don't do that. It's not good. Yeah, you'll end up like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Really, don't, don't do that. The only time that I use the plastic stool is as a mischief ladder. And that's about it. Actually, you could get those plastic stools as like a footrest because that's also part of sitting in an ergonomic fashion. Yeah, right. actually, funny enough, they are at the exact perfect height to rest your feet on. Yeah, That's I'm about really it. Don't sure. sit on those and then work. So my feet almost never really like rest on the ground fully. And so that would be perfect. For a person who, who is short, like, yeah, I guess it's, a, it's like really perfect apparatus to rest their feet compared to people who can actually reach their foot like normally on the floor. Okay, okay. Wow, big flex. You can reach the floor. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we've tackled a bit when it comes to comfort, right? We've had some good recommendations in uh, finding a desk, finding a chair, making yourself really comfortable in the environment you're in because you're going to be working from possibly 9 to 5 and maybe even further than that and uh, you want to do this on your own terms you know you don't want to have a bad back while 
arguing with somebody on a sales call, for example. And um, we're also going to kind of share a little bit about productivity. So productivity comes in multiple different ways and shapes and forms. But one of the key points that we are interested in bringing up for this episode is actually the use of a secondary display or a secondary monitor. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I use a second display at home. And um, that's largely because I look at Excel sheets all day. And I'm just very happy so I can open two Excel sheets instead of one. Wow! Yeah. Uh, it's a lot less exciting than that, I assure you. And um, the, uh, the idea of getting a second monitor or a secondary display is not limited to just going out, buying a monitor and putting it on beside your main monitor. You know, you can use an iPad as a secondary display. Apple has the sidecar application, which works for Mac as well as Windows. You can get a random old laptop that you can kind of jerry-rig into a secondary display as well. There are plenty of guides to do something like this online. And, uh, you know, with the abundance in the marketplaces of Carousel, Muda, as well as Facebook Marketplace, you have a lot of these options as well. Now, what about you guys when it comes to productivity and using like a secondary display? What do you think about that? I actually would really like a secondary display because I find myself, especially now that we conduct most meetings online and uh, share screen, I find myself squinting a lot and like really physically bringing myself very close to the screen to see what's going right, on. Yeah. So I think a much bigger secondary display would be fantastic. Again, this also causes me to hunch more. So guys, you might even want to consider getting a laptop stand to go with your secondary display so that both of your displays are around the same height. Yeah, so um, you know, a bridge point between tables as well as monitors, right? You can just get a second display and prop it up onto your desk and just let it chill there. But... As of right now, we have good cheap brands in Malaysia such as North Bayou, for example, that create their own monitor stands. And these monitor stands are really special. They are either a dual laptop and monitor stand or even it's a dual display stand. And uh, for, you know, the low, low price of like 100 to 150 ringgit, you get the ability to articulate your monitor in almost any degree and angle that you want. And this really helped for people like Cat, where instead of leaning forward into the monitor, you can you get to pull the monitor arm out and in front of you. So you get to lean back instead. This is um, something that I have found to be real big difference maker in terms of the comfort that you can get while sitting down and staring at a monitor. So here's a question that I want to bring up right now. When it comes to like second monitor, why not like buy like a huge like ultra wide monitor? It's kind of like equivalent to like having two monitors. I know what you're saying. You've been looking at the Samsung Odyssey G9, haven't mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. The 49 inch ultra wide display that literally goes around your entire field of view. Mm-hmm. It, while it may be a beautiful product, it's also 5,000 ringgit and uh, ain't nobody gonna spend that much money on a monitor, man. That's the price of an entire computer. But I do understand what you're saying though. Ultra-wides do really give you a bunch of flexibility in terms of multitasking. Why should you go out and buy two separate monitors when you can get one ultra-wide and split it straight down the middle into two displays? Mm-hmm. Now, ultra-wide technology has come really, really far since the early 2000s where the first ultrawide was launched by LG was the LG G29U and um, the beautiful thing about the latest generation of ultrawides is the technology that's built in within them to split the screen to however much you want. You can have like a 90-10 screen ratio or even a 30-70 screen ratio. Whatever fits your needs 
is what you can do with an ultra wide right now. And uh, yeah, it's also one of my top recommendations if you do a lot of multitasking between multiple different applications. Like, hold on. Like, this is coming for a person who like play video games a lot and sometimes I look at walkthrough. So you telling me that I can have like walkthrough on one monitor and playing video games at the same time and tell chat that I figured this puzzle out? Yeah, or, or you know, you can have your meeting on your second monitor and you can be playing games at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm not giving anybody any bad ideas hey. here. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, I'm, or you could to... work and have a movie playing on the side. Exactly. Exactly, Netflix and Google Meets. Best combination ever. I mean, someone have to like roll the gacha for Genshin. Anyway, so. Other than productivity, I think one of the very frustrating moments for a lot of people is having their Wi-Fi signal drop. Have you guys like encountered this problem? My oh, bedroom yeah. actually has no Wi-Fi. I can only use data in my room. And the Ooh. thing is, I don't even live in a very big space. So I don't really get why it can't reach. But how can I fix it? Uh, so my best recommendation, and this is probably something that a bunch of people are going to disagree with, is if you have a router somewhere and if you need the internet connection to be in a computer or a desktop somewhere far away, go online, go get like a 30 foot long LAN cable <laughs> and just route the thing all the way around your house and get it all the way to your computer. But it's going to be messy though. There, yeah, let it be messy. Let it be messy. That is the best way to achieve an uninterrupted internet signal. But it period. won't even get your phone. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, that doesn't help for your phone. I'm just, uh, Actually, this is strictly you know, to laptops and desktops. This reminds me in university, my dorm did not have Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, I, I went to university recently. Um, It's not... 10, 20 years ago, but it didn't have Wi-Fi. And one of the solutions I found was actually a software on my laptop that converted my laptop into a modem. Oh, yeah. You can turn your laptop into a mobile hotspot as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so maybe, maybe this 30 meter long wire would work. Personally, don't really like the idea. Anything else? Well, there are like two options aside from like 30 foot long cable. Instead of having that, you can opt it yourself with a Ethernet power line adapter where basically you can plug in into the any power lines and you basically like bridge within the same electrical circuit inside your house so that you don't have to, you know, like mess up with your cables and stuff like that. Other than that, there is more of like wired solutions. What about the wireless? So this is where mesh technology comes in. ASUS done it, TP-Link also done it as well. So mesh technology is basically ensures that each of these dead zones inside your house is covered with your Wi-Fi. Uh, there are some pros and cons to it. Like for example, your speed might be throttled a little bit, but to ensure that your video conference call is always connected without having to your no, signal. More drop. importantly, so that you can watch your shows in your bed. But continue. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But like, it's very frustrating, especially like when people are having a video conference call and then all of a sudden, like your signal drops and you couldn't hear what your client said anyway and your boss saying. So it's really one of the really good solutions. Um, the installation might be easier or tricky depending on which brand that you look into. So definitely, definitely look into what kind of like brand you're getting into and look for a guide if you guys are stuck. And um, yeah, it's really, really easy. You can start with only like one or two match up to like five match depending on brands. But yeah, that's basically how you can increase your speed, both Wi-Fi and wired. So yeah, we've tackled the comfort We've tackled the productivity side of things as well. And now we're even going into like the improvement of the physical, technical hardware that's in your grasp. You know, the things that you have to interact with on a daily basis, your internet connection, for example. One of the things that kind of goes really unmentioned is the physical device that you're using on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, mm -hmm. a lot of people use laptops and there are those people out there who are still running old desktops as well. Now, 
the best recommendation that I can give out to people that are currently running slightly older versions of laptops as well as desktops is maybe consider if your laptop or desktop is using a hard drive, look into getting a solid state drive also known as an SSD. This is a leap in the future slightly because solid state drives actually utilize quantum physics and the idea behind this next level method of storing information in a solid state is uh, what makes loading things significantly faster. So if you were to load up Windows on a hard drive versus an SSD, the SSD load speed would be at a fraction of the time because there's nothing moving within an SSD. It's all already preloaded on there and you're just loading it to your display at the end of the day. Now versus an, a hard drive, a hard drive actually has to turn the disk inside. Let us not forget that HDD stands for hard disk drive. There's a physical disk inside the drive itself. Now, why is this recommendation so important? It's because if you're like me and you enjoy waking up one minute before your meeting, then you're going to want to have that speed on your side. You don't really want to be stuck at the loading screen of like the logging into Windows screen. Waiting while... for Spotify, Discord, yeah. Steam, all loading like automatically. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck going through all of that while your boss is on the other line waiting to get on there. Okay, but what would you do with the old hard drive then? Um, so yeah, that, that's an interesting one to talk about as well. We actually have a very thriving computer market here in Malaysia. You can go on all of these marketplace-esque websites, Muda, Carousel, Facebook Marketplace. There are even dedicated groups for this on uh, WhatsApp. And uh, I swear you could probably find somebody on Tinder that will buy some of your old PC hardware at this point. The idea is there are a lot of people that have this demand for old hardware. People who want old hard drives, turn them into servers. People who want old pieces of RAM, use them for refurbishment work for older laptops. And uh, yeah, RAM was going to be my next point, actually. In terms of upgrading RAM, you know, like if you're running a laptop or even a slightly older desktop, if you have the option to upgrade your RAM and if you see that your RAM is constantly being used up all the time, like at 80, 90 plus percent of utilization, maybe consider looking into a slightly higher capacity stick. If you're currently rocking 4 gigs, maybe look at having 8 gigs or vice versa if you're locking at 8 gigs, maybe consider looking at 16 instead. Yeah, but make sure that you have to make sure that your the RAM that you bought is or is compatible like DDR3L or DDR4L as well. So having a matching RAM is really, really good. Me personally, when it comes to old hardware, the old drive, I usually use it as my external hard drive so that I can store um, any kinds of like files like off-site. It's one of the really good options. Another option that I can recommend, and this is a little bit advanced, but use it as a media storage server as well to, you know, I don't know, you, you want to store all your movies or animes in, in one particular place. That would be great as well. It's a little bit advanced, but you can do it if you search a little bit of um, GitHub repository and stuff like that. You can easily get um, an old hard drive to even a USB connector or even like an old enclosure to put your hard drive in so that it connects via USB. And you can then use that as like a mass form of storage for your laptop or yes. desktop. Now with storage, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the idea here is, you know, we want to give people multiple different things that they can look into to help them ease this burden of working from home. Okay, so very quickly, what are the three main hardware parts that you think are easy to upgrade and would give a significant boost to the performance of a PC or laptop? Let me before mention that there'll be hard drive. Replace the, from your mechanical hard drive to SSD. Um, RAM, definitely um, upgrade your RAMs. Another thing is that it's not really that super duper important, but mostly like cleaning, you know, honestly, like fans and thermal paste change your thermal paste your thermal paste is actually dry oh it's, as in like opening up your laptop or your PC and just cleaning out the dust yes yeah. yes because thermal because thermal is going to significantly 
hurts your performance. And once it hits like a certain degree, like your CPU is just like drops when it comes to like performance. So clean your CPU, buy some thermal paste, make sure that it's squeaky clean. Well, not literally squeaky, but you, you get what I mean. Make sure that there's no dust, there's no hairball or something like that inside inside your CPU fans. Yeah, as a man who has like four cats, I would imagine <laughs> yeah. you run into quite a few hairballs in your PCs. Yeah. So yeah, like make sure that everything everything works fine. Maybe reformatting Windows, um, well provided that you back up your, your files. And um, yeah, you, you should be good to go. I hope that all this um, information will help your um, couple time. Oh yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> I mean, if not, at least we would have made somebody's life a little bit better out there. There you have it. These are our major tips in terms of improving comfortability, productivity, as well as the overall performance of what you have on hand right now. I sincerely hope that this makes a difference in somebody's life out there because that will make me feel really nice. And uh, at the end of the day, this is just consumer-friendly advice and and, you know, for the most part, be as comfortable as you possibly can in your own working environment. That's going to help you out the most. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a great day. Bye-bye.